BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said. Why do we put so much pressure on ourselves for the happily ever after? Does our love story really have to be one great lengthy novel? Or can we be happy with a book of short but exciting love stories? I guess we'll find out on Divorce Not Dead. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. Welcome to Real Pod. It's your host, Victoria Garrick, and this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Oh, so we're getting deep, huh? I really cried for 12 days straight. Why do I want to be perfect? There's nothing in my life that is perfect. Every week, I'll bring you honest, unfiltered, and eye-opening conversations to help uncover the real in all of us. I crave the type of content that you're talking about. I actually felt insecure. Oh my God, am I going to cry? Let me just unload everything. (laughs) (laughs) New episodes every Wednesday. Leave those filters at the door because it's time to get real. Brock your body. Come on, come on. Brock your body. Brock your body. Brock your body's in the house today. And every time Carissa comes up on my Instagram, that's what I'm thinking of that song. I mean, what a great handle. And for those of you guys who've never heard of Brock Your Body, aka the lovely, the radiant Carissa Stanton, I'm going to tell you a little bit about our guest. Carissa graduated from San Diego State with a degree in kinesiology with an emphasis in fitness, health, and nutrition. She learned how to cook from watching her parents and family around the kitchen growing up. And her goal is to be the one-stop shop for all the delicious recipes you'll need from healthified Taco Bell menus to brownie batter protein bites and also delicious chicken chili, which I made last week and it was bomb. And I'm not like a good cook. So the fact that Carissa makes these recipes that even I am not intimidated by, but then when you serve them, everyone thinks it's amazing is great. You can find her on Instagram at Brock Your Body. And I also met Carissa through my friends here in LA. And she's been awesome. We've been hanging out more and more. You guys will hear a little bit about that on today's episode. But aside from Carissa's expertise in the kitchen, she also has a really fascinating life story, which I'm sure you read a little bit about in the title and we'll get into today. I want to give a special shout out to Daria. What's up, Daria? She left a five-star review, said, my newest love. Found Real Pod through a video online. And holy moly, I am so glad. Victoria offers a welcoming listening environment and offers a valuable perspective when it comes to recovery and all things eating 
disorder related. This podcast is the only one I can listen to when I'm anxious and helps calm my mind. Definitely would recommend to anyone who's seeking this type of content. Daria, thanks so much. And I think it's so cool that you came across me on the internet and then found your way to RealPod. It's like, what would have happened if you didn't see that content wherever it was? And I'm so glad you're here and I hope you stay. Thanks to each and every one of you who's tuning in every Wednesday. It means the world to me that you're taking the time out of your day to listen to these conversations. I hope they're helpful. I hope they're inspiring. And I love hearing your feedback. You can head over to iTunes where you can leave a review and you can also rate the podcast on Spotify and iTunes or wherever you listen. And all of those things really help out the show. And you just might be the special shout out on next week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you get that automatic download every single Wednesday. And without further ado, let's dive into this episode with the one and only Carissa Stanton. Carissa Stanton in the house, baby. It feels so weird to be talking with you like this. I know. (laughs) Thanks for coming on the show. Are you ready to be interrogated? I'm so ready. I mean, I love talking about myself. Who does it? Oh my God. There she is, people. We're in for a treat today. So how are you doing? A little hungover. I'm going to be honest with you. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. I went on a date and I never date. I'm just going to open right up with that. <laughs> I only go on a date if I like actually think I might actually like the person. And it was good. It was fun. And we yeah. definitely drink a lot. Not a lot, but it doesn't take much these days. Yeah. Like, no, honestly, you reach a certain point in like when you just can't drink and party as much as you used to. No, I really need to chill. I had, but yeah, I had like three drinks and I'm just, I have a little headache. But the date went well. Yeah. It was good. Okay, I love that. Well, we're going to get into that and so, so much more. So first of all, obviously, this is real pod. And you told me before you're pretty open, which I actually, like my assumption would be that you're, that you would be closed off or you wouldn't like tell people certain things. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you gauge that for yourself? I honestly, I really don't have any like boundaries. I kind of talk about everything just because I feel like the more open you are, the more people relate to you and the stronger your community is. And it's just easier to be that way. You know what I mean? Like, it's so true. Like my platform, like I obviously cook and stuff and that's like the majority of what I do, but it's just easy for me because I post what I'm actually eating, what I'm actually doing. And it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be curated. You know what I mean? I think we both are similar in that way where we just post whatever we feel like. And it just it's easy. I've never really thought about it that way, that it is actually easier to be yourself because people so like to think it's so hard. It's going to be so hard for me to like show up in the world as I am or say what I'm really feeling. Like you imagine it's going to be difficult with how people might react or how you're going to be perceived. Right. But is it not, like you're saying, equally harder, if not harder to every day wake up and put a mask on? Like yeah. it is exhausting to act like everything is different than it is. 100%. I'd know from many years of Facetune and pretending I was something totally. that I wasn't. And nobody cares about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? so true. Yeah. It's just like, it's just the easier way to do things. And I feel like a lot of people, when they say like, oh, I need a break from Instagram, which I think is good. I need to be better about that. But I never really feel like I need a break because I genuinely love what I do. And it's like, it, again, like I do not think my job is hard. And, so, and how did this all start for you? Because people yeah. often are like, oh, you're Amanda Stanton's sister. Like right. they assume like she came before you or they don't really, what's the origin story? The true one. Okay. So I feel like a lot of people 
think that I started a food blog because because my sister was on The Bachelor, Amanda Stanton. And I think people think that like she gained a following and that I was like, ooh, I want to do that too. So then I started like, I was like, I'm going to pick food. And I went into that. But, you know, it was more so I have always had such a passion for food, love cooking. It's just genuinely my favorite thing to do. It's a stress reliever. I love cooking for people I love and making them a good meal. It's the way I show affection. And I've always been into it since I was a kid and I love working. So I, out of college, got a nine to five job and I was also a server. And so I'd work from nine to five and then at 530, I'd go to my serving job and I would work from like 530 to 11. And of course I burned out. I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I quit my serving job and I was like, I'm kind of bored. I have some time. And my ex fiance at the time. We can get into that later. (laughs) He's a doll. He was like, you should start a food account. You love food. You need to start posting your recipes. So I started doing it. My sister definitely helped me out at first. She would like shout me out. And honestly, I was pretty bad when I first started. Like I, my photos were very ugly. (laughs) Like my stuff was not good. And I remember she would like shout me out and I would get like you know, maybe like 2,000 followers. And then I would post something. Nothing happens from a shout out. I mean, no, people would follow me, but then everyone would unfollow me because they'd be like, why am I following this girl? Like, what is she posting? But so, so I feel like I definitely gained everything that I have from just hard work. Yes, my sister helped like get my name out there and stuff, but I don't think anyone would really stick around and like, like me as much as they do if I didn't actually have good content. A thousand percent, like no doubts about that. And I feel like you have a completely your own community. Like when we met and I saw, followed you and I met you through friends, I didn't even know you had siblings. I mean, you don't, we don't even, that's not a thing we do these days as adults. We're not like, well, who are your siblings? And what do your right. siblings do? So you a thousand percent without a doubt have your own brand. And I think how you post about food and how you make your meals. I love it because it's not like you have this specific angle on like, let's do low calorie meals or let's do like, there's no theme other than this shit tastes good. Here's how you can make it. And I love that because I feel like a lot of food accounts have this angle of like, I'm going to make you do my recipes instead of other people's recipes because mine are going to like change your life or your body or or things like that. Right. I think that when I think of my community, like they're so similar to me in a way that they love and appreciate food so much and they want to, you know, eat whatever they want. But at the end of the day, like if I were to eat whatever I wanted and like go out for pasta and whatever, like I swear half of my hangover right now is from like eating pizza. And I wish that wasn't the case, but like it weighs me down and I get tired. And, you know, if I eat a big lunch, I want to go home and take a nap. So I my angle kind of is I want you to be able to eat all the food that you love and I want you to be happy eating it. But I also want you to feel good and not like want to go to sleep and like be able to finish out your work meetings if you eat one of my recipes for lunch and things like that. So I feel like I just sounded like uh, Julia Fox or not. What's her name? Anka Jam. Yeah, I said things like that. <laughs> <laughs> and things like that. No, you didn't at all. But like, but okay. I'm always here for an Anka Jam. I feel like I kind of have the California accent. And I, <laughs> when I said things like that, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that's hilarious. Anywho. But yeah, that's kind of my whole angle is like, I want you to, I want things to taste good. I love food. I'm not going to serve you like cauliflower rice and grilled chicken. Like that is just not my jam. Well, you're not going to like substitute like something. I It's ridiculous. And people like are like, Instead of a bagel, uh, put your cream cheese on a sweet potato. I'm like, you're done. You're done. You're done. That's <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. No, thank you. Like, it's so gross. Give me the bagel. Yeah. 
Exactly. So yeah, I, I feel like we have similar mindsets around food where it's totally. like you want to eat what you love, but you also want to feel good. Yeah. And that's so important. And that looks different for everyone. And I think it's great that it's like anyone who follows you, it's up to their interpretation of like how it's going to affect them and like how they want to eat. Now, you did mention ex-fiance. Okay. So I went to the OBGYN recently and I was shocked to learn that I was low in vitamin D. It just seemed kind of random. And I thought that I was like good to go in every department. But did you know that over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet and 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega threes. I feel like there's so much to keep track of and it's nice to find a way to easily fill those nutrient gaps in our diets. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill those gaps. And it's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. But Ritual didn't stop there. They invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results? This vitamin was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43%, sign me up, and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. I love Ritual Vitamins. Not only are they cute and the packaging is so aesthetic, we love that from a female company. They also smell delicious, like a sweet mint. It's possible to be sweet and minty at the same time, but I think it is. And I love taking my vitamin every single morning. I take it right after I brush my teeth and it's really just become a ritual. And right now, Ritual is offering RealPod listeners 10% off your first three months. If you visit ritual.com slash RealPod, you can turn these healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash RealPod. Super easy. I take my vitamin once every single day and feel so much better knowing I'm filling those gaps in my diet. Once again, 10% off at ritual.com slash RealPod. This episode is also sponsored by Macy's which I'm so excited about that because as you guys know, spring is right around the corner and that means the fashion trends change. I feel like I was just beginning to master this like new year style, what my look was going to be. But before you know it, it's an entirely new season. I can't be doing my layers and my sweaters and my jackets because in spring, we're looking more at those sundresses. We're looking more at flowy blouses cute jeans. And if you need help with that, or you're trying to find that perfect dress or that perfect jacket, head to Macy's.com slash own your style. O-W-N, own your style. And when you're a Macy's Star Rewards member, you'll earn rewards on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. You can head over to Macy's.com slash star rewards to learn more, but also head to Macy's.com slash own your style. The new season may be bringing tons of new trends, and it might feel stressful. I get it. I'm really trying to figure out my outfits these days with hashtag VixFits on Insta. But you can bring the personality. You can do this. We can do this. Head over to Macy's.com slash own your style today. And you can find the perfect new pieces that will bring that spring pop to your wardrobe. Now, you did mention ex-fiance. And I yes. think it's important to tell this story to everyone listening because I think this is hilarious. I think it was like the third time we were hanging out. And we were in the back of an Uber on New Year's Eve going to a party and we'd already pre-gamed. And I don't even know how this happens, but like we're in the back of the Uber talking, like kind of getting to know each other. And you're like, you know, I've been engaged, right? And I was like, no, what? And you're like, yeah. And you like kind of had this smile. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I need to know everything. And then before you're like about to utter the story, I go, wait, 
I got to get this on the podcast. Yeah. Let's book a real pod and we'll hold it till then. It's so funny. So picking up from being drunk in the back of the Uber. Right. Let's let's just continue from there. <laughs> Things are a little different now. Yeah. So it's kind of like my little conversation starter because I am, I've been single for oh God, almost three years now. And I feel like I kind of just am like this person who is single and independent and really comfortable with themselves, which is something that I've always wanted to be. And I never thought I like could actually be this way. So I'm very- Why? Were you a serial dater? Yeah. I was always in relationships. Really? Yeah. I don't get that vibe from you at all. It's not my vibe. It's not my vibe. Want to know what I, what I think it is? Is, is I, I don't want this to come out cocky in any way, but I attract really good people in my life. And I have really, really good friends, great family. Like, I feel like I just attract good people. Everyone that I've dated, I really, really love and respect. I think I just really needed this independent kind of era of my life. But when I met every guy that I've dated, like, I still, like, I don't have one bad thing to say about any guy that I've ever dated. So I think that, like, you know, I attracted them and there was nothing wrong for me to like want to break up with them. It was just always really bad timing. But yeah, I was engaged. I was in a relationship for six years. Uh, we met when I was 21. Wow. And he's amazing. Like we're still friends. He's so sweet. There genuinely was nothing wrong in their relationship. Like we never really fought. We were very in love. And it was truly just like me not feeling comfortable settling down. And like, I didn't want to get married and have kids. And now, after being single for almost three years, I know that that's something like 100% that I want. But I just have like such full confidence in the universe that like it'll happen when it's meant to happen. And I know like even looking back, like people always ask me this because I feel like they get scared. Like, oh my gosh, you were in a six-year relationship. You were engaged. Like, when did you know? And I think that I… When did you know you didn't like, want to Like, when per- did I know proceed? that I… Yeah. And… Looking back, I definitely like had the feelings of being like, okay, like I am feeling like I want this independence and I want to be on my own. I felt it like one to two years in. We, okay, we got to break this down. Okay. I, I need to, we're, we're at the happy ending right now and I need to get back to the ugly. Okay, so okay. you're dating for <laughs> six years. So two years in, you're thinking, I don't know. And then it's year three, it's year four. What year did you get engaged? Six or no, five. And so what is it that kept you from making moves like prior in the relationship to break it off? Because it's just like this, the comfortability and this, the standard that like you should be married by, you know, 27, 28, you should be having, you should have a kid by the time you're 30. And like, that was in my head for sure. And I'm like, well, I can't break up with him now because then I'll be single at, you know, 26. And then what, I have to date another guy for four years and then I'm behind. And I feel like that's just, oh my gosh, it's so toxic. And I hope that if anyone's listening to this and feels like they need to be at any stage in their life at a certain age, you don't. It Literally nothing matters. But I kept thinking because there wasn't anything wrong. And he was amazing. And like, I did love him. And I just kept thinking like, you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be okay with it. And I, all these feelings are going to go away. And oh, when we literally like, oh, when we move in together... I'm going to stop feeling like I need to be on my own and I'm going to be happy. Oh, now we're engaged? Okay, cool. Now I'm going to be… Okay. Yes. And then literally I'm psychotic in my head. Oh, well, maybe if we have a baby, (gasps) then I'll be… I'm so (laughs) glad that you didn't let it go that far. So when this man proposes and you say yes, I mean like… Yeah. Did you feel anxious? Like were you you actually excited? I was. I was really happy. And I think that I thought that, okay, this is it. Like now, now I am going to be 
this person that is happy in their perfect relationship and I'm going to get married and I'm going to have kids with this amazing man and I'm finally going to be happy. Can I ask something? Is it almost like you're thinking everything about this is perfect, so why would I leave it? Like, I feel like there's a lot of relationships I see where everything is solid. Like, it's a B plus. Like, there's nothing wrong. But for some reason, there's this lack of fulfillment. It was a solid A. It was a solid A. It just wasn't an A plus. Okay. Okay. It was an A, (laughs) but an A plus. It's almost like, yeah, it's like you're 99%, but you're not 100. And it's like, but I want to feel that 100. Right. So I almost didn't do it. Like, I almost didn't. You almost didn't say. I almost didn't break up with him. Oh, wow. Like, I was almost just like, because I could have. But So did, were you talking to people, like, after the engagement, when did things start to take a turn where you're either having conversations with people in your life or really sitting down like, I can't do this? Is it as the wedding planning begins? I actually have never really wanted a wedding. I just have never, like, considered myself a wedding person. So we were just planning on, like, I don't know. I never really planned it because I was like, don't think this is going to happen. But yeah, it was kind of just, I kept being like, okay, I don't know how I feel about this. I kept kind of like kicking the can down the road because I was terrified that I was going to regret it. And and was he catching on? Yeah, for sure. It was, yeah, he understands it. And like, he totally respects it. And he's looking back. He's like, I'm glad that everything happened the way it did. How did it feel calling all of your family and friends and being like, we're engaged? I mean, so many people get involved at that point. No, I was actually so happy telling everyone. And then but I will say, like, the hardest part for me was, like, calling my family and friends because, like, he was great. Everyone loved him. And I, here I am, the bad guy that's, like, breaking up with a perfectly good guy. And, and I know girls, actually, in my same situation that have done the same thing. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, but your boyfriend was so cute and sweet. Like, how could you do that? And then I'm like, what am I saying? I did the exact same thing. Right. So show your girls some grace if that ever happens because, damn, it's hard. <laughs> so when you finally have that conversation where you're ending it, I mean, it's a big deal. That's six years of being committed, like literally only kissing this one person, right. only being with this one person 24-7. I mean, they're so ingrained in your life. I think that's another part of why people stay in relationships they're not 100% satisfied with is we live the same life. Like we've maybe lived together now. We have pets together. We've spent Christmases together. Like, For sure. How am I supposed to remove someone from my life? It like feels that? impossible, but it works out. You know, everything always works out. Tell us more. <laughs> I'm like, this is why I don't have a podcast. I'm like, yeah, it'll work out. I'm like, Chris, like, give me something What's next? here. You called off your engagement. You're like, it's all fine now. It, it was a little thing, whatever. I'm it like, feels like a lifetime ago. I don't know. Um, what year was it? I have the worst memory. I don't know, 2018 maybe? Okay, so like, no, that was four years ago. 2019. But no, yeah, like, you know, you feel like your life isn't going to be able to function without this person. And you're like, well what do we do? I remember being like, with the furniture, you split the furniture. And then like, who's going to take over the lease and all of it? Where is he going to live? Oh my gosh. And where am I going to live? Like for the next, he kicked me out. And I like stayed with friends for like a month. And honestly, looking back, like, you know, every, it was like my freedom tour. And I went to New York and like had fun. And I felt like, like I was kind of finally like free. Obviously I, I struggled so much leading up to my decision and choosing to actually break up with him that was really, really, really hard for me. Like I had so many mental breakdowns, which is not like me. I don't really cry. I'm kind of like a very like stoic. Yeah. Like to the point, thick skin person. And like that month before the breakup, like absolutely broke me. Like I went to my therapist and it was like one of those times where you just like walk in and she's like, so tell me about what, what's going on? And then just like started bawling. I'm not joking. You like used like 500 tissues. Like it was insane. 
Um, and what was the reasoning? Just because everything is going to change or like you're you're upset that you didn't do this sooner? Like what was the thing that was really causing that emotion? I think I was just really sad for to like break someone's heart. It's mm-hmm. really hard. I am like the mean person that everyone hates. You know what I mean? And like it was so hard for me to come to the like terms with the fact that like I was going to break his heart and it was so hard. And I just had a really hard time coming to terms with the fact that I wasn't going to be like all of my friends who got in these relationships in college and right after college and, you know, are engaged and getting married and they're all having kids now. And it was so, so hard for me to come to terms with the fact that like I was not like them mm-hmm. because I'm I'm exactly like them in every other aspect. You know, we have all the same interests and it's really hard realizing that maybe you're not in the same box as other people. And I thought that it made me less than. Whereas now, I know this might not be true, but like I feel like I am on such an amazing path. And I'm like, I know that they're happy with with their choices and everything, but I'm just like, wow, that's so not me. And I'm so finally comfortable and happy with it. And I just feel like I feel great. I'm so happy. (laughs) I'm so happy you're happy too, because the younger version of you was staying in this relationship because of this plan and this timeline. Like, I don't want to be single at 26. I want to get married. I want to have the kids. Right. Now you're 30, correct? 30. 30, 40, and thriving, baby. Literally, that's my tagline, baby. Love it. Single. Yes. Have your own house that you just bought. No yes. kids. So you're not on the quote-unquote timeline that young Carissa thought you'd be on. So did you, over time, become comfortable with that? Because as you know, a lot of young women feel this pressure to follow that and they're freaking out about freaking out. possibly being single at 30 with no kids. Like that is, you know, if we're, we're just being real about it. So no, as someone in that position who also feared that, can you just speak to what that's been like and how it, how it wasn't as scary as you thought it might be? Yeah, I mean, I would say scary is the last word I would use to describe being single in your 30s. I think it's one of the biggest luxuries life could ever offer you. Like being financially independent and having your own life. And I feel like being 30, you finally like find yourself and you stop caring about like so much what other people think. And, you know, you're making way more money than you were when you were fresh out of college. And like, now I'm like, I'm getting, I'm going to New York for a week in three weeks. Because you're responsible for no one. I might just (laughs) fly to Paris after. Like, I don't know. Like I can do whatever I want. And it's so amazing. And I think people need to start talking about it more because it doesn't have to be scary or sad. It's actually like such the opposite. And I think that people think that when you're single and you're 30, it's because you're like sad and like, you know, you might not be a great catch, but that's really not the case. Like you can totally be single by choice. Like if I, you know, if I wanted to, I could have a boyfriend or a husband. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. And it's like, I feel like a lot of people think that because you're single, it's because you it's like can't not find anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, and it's funny because all the guys in LA that are like, what, 35 and, you know, they're single. Oh, it's not because that there's something wrong with them. It's because, you know, they are entrepreneurs or they're work, they work so hard. They don't even have time. And it's just so funny. Facts. Such facts. And it's like, okay, so because I'm 30 years old and I'm single, like, 
I don't know. It's just, it's such a double standard. And like, there's, you know, the guys in LA, they that don't want to settle down so ever. That is so true. It is so, so true. true. We take a 30-year-old man who's single. No one's even batting an eye. Like, they oh are a bachelor who, like, literally, you call them a bachelor. In their prime. Yes, in their prime. But when a woman is, it's like, what's your problem? What's wrong with you? Wow. Yeah. That's tea. That is tea. And oh my gosh, like, I don't know. I think maybe like in like the South and like, it's definitely different in other areas of the world. But I will say in LA, it's like, I I know guys that are like about to turn 40 and they're like, mm, maybe I'll start dating, which is fine. Like do whatever you want, but don't look at me when I'm probably like 35 and single or just now settling down and thinking, you know, what's wrong with you or whatever. Like, why can't I work on my career and like travel and have fun with my friends and not want to settle down? A thousand percent. And I'm so happy to have this perspective from you because obviously it's not something I can speak to. Like I did feel lucky to find my person early. So, but I also want to bring light to this because I understand that not everyone like I don't know, is in the same relationship that I am. And I know there's a lot of people out there. So I value having conversations like this because it is important to bring attention to everything. For sure. I will say something coming to mind is the pressure for women to have kids and like mm-hmm. fertility and the certain ages that like you are better able to do that. So when it comes to that, as someone who said they wanted kids, I mean, have you had the doctor's appointments to check things out? Are you kind of like, maybe that's not in the path for me, the traditional way? What's that been like? So I definitely want to have kids. I always say that I feel more ready to have a baby than I do to have a boyfriend. <laughs> You'd be such a great mom. Thank you. Just pull a stormy. Like, kids. just find the baby daddy. And I know. I know. I think, like, if I'm, like, 34 and I have no prospects, I'm going to, like, walk into, like, a really nice bar, see a cute guy with a nice watch on and be like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you want to give me your sperm? Yeah. It's seriously. Chill. Or just, you know. Or not. Or not ask. And just, <laughs> just kidding. I love that. Just never tell Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, I wouldn't mind a check each month. You're I'm like, baby's mine. <laughs> love kidding. that. No, I wouldn't actually do that. But I'm not too worried about it for a few more years. And I'm also like so trusting in the universe. And I feel like looking back on my life, anytime I thought something was going really wrong in my life and I felt really sad and depressed and anxious, I look back at those moments and I'm like, oh my gosh, if only you knew like what that opportunity is going to turn into. So I'm just so trusting in the universe. So I think that everything is going to work out the way it's supposed to work out. So it's just a kind of a really great way to live your life is to be like, it's all going to happen for me. Taking a quick break to tell you about a new health show presented by CVS Health called Healthy Conversations. On Healthy Conversations, listeners will receive expert insight into the challenges and trends transforming health from cancer treatment, lumpectomy, radiation therapy, you know, five years of tamoxifen. That was done to prevent five-year and 10-year recurrences, even though the likelihood of recurrence for someone with early-stage breast cancer was really small. But we couldn't find the needle in the haystack Everybody gets the same treatment for the 5% of people for whom they might recur. To advances in genetics. We need to dispel some myths. Myths such as your genes determine your health and there's nothing you can do about it if you have a certain genetic background. This is not true in the vast majority of cases. And to the bright future of healthcare. It's a real time for innovation to reset and reimagine healthcare. 
from intermittent reactive sick care to a future that's continuous, proactive, anytime, anywhere, bringing us better outcomes at lower costs and bringing better health equity all around the planet. Hosted by Dr. Daniel Kraft, a Stanford and Harvard-trained physician scientist, inventor, and entrepreneur, this show presented by CVS Health, a leading healthcare innovation company, Healthy Conversations, will introduce accomplished leaders and visionaries working to transform health systems. Healthy Conversations releases audio and video episodes. Subscribe, listen, and enjoy today wherever you find your podcasts. BetterHelp has been a sponsor of RealPod for a while now, and I'm so thankful for that because I feel like every episode, it's either me or the guest that says, in therapy, in therapy this, in therapy that, because talking to someone is so beneficial for our mental health and can be game-changing no matter what we're struggling with. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You don't have to find the time to get in the car, find a ride, and go to an appointment. You can do it from the comfort of your home. That said, it's also much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with therapist in under 48 hours. Look, when I want to talk to someone, I want to talk to someone. And the fact that you could sign up today at betterhelp.com slash realpod and get 10% off your first month and also start talking to someone in under 48 hours is amazing. Over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. And I think it's reassuring to hear that and know that a lot of us may be struggling with our mental health, whether it's childhood trauma, depression, anxiety, disordered eating, general family issues. And we are seeking out that help and trying to talk to someone. So if you're thinking about starting therapy and having those conversations for the first time, or even if you're just looking for a more convenient way to seek help consistently, head to betterhelp.com slash realpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash realpod for 10% off your first month and to start talking to a therapist in just under 48 hours. The last thing I want to ask you about this is what is it like seeing all the engagement posts, all the wedding content, and feel free to roast me right now. I know I'm like, I'm literally that girl. I am engaged on social media, posting yeah. all this shit. I mean, I even had haters come for me in the beginning who are like, I really hope your page doesn't become all wedding content. Like, because whatever, maybe they're not in a relationship or they're bitter or whatnot. So right. how do you feel about all that content? Because I'm curious and please be honest. One thing I will say is if no, none of my friends that know me very well ever say, please be honest to me because I- Oh, I know, have, you'll rip me I, a new one. <laughs> I have, I can't not be honest. And that's kind of how I like- I, my I live for too. it, make me cry. Yeah, I, I literally love the roast me. That's like my number, like on my like list of like qualities look for in a man is like, he has to make fun of me on a regular basis. Like I need it. <laughs> this is funny actually that you asked me this question. So just to start off, I, I do not care. Like honestly, when I see wedding content, I'm like, oh cool. Like I'm going to save that for like maybe my wedding one day. Like even though it's not something I'm doing right now or like, I don't necessarily know if I want to have a wedding, but like my, all my friends are pregnant right now. And I'm like, wow, I'm so excited for you guys because when I'm pregnant, like you're going to know everything and you're going to be able to like teach me all this. And I just get excited. And I think that has a lot to say about me being really comfortable with where I am in life. And I actually, I told you, I just listened to you and Lauren Everett's on your Real podcast. Pod. And it, it just is the same thing. If you're triggered by somebody posting that their wedding content, then you need to really look at your own self and figure out why you're so triggered by that. Because wedding content's not triggering to any average person. And if it is, that's your problem and you need to work on that, is my perspective on it. Yeah, I've seen people 
kind of overdo it. And it's like everything about the wedding. And I'm like, I don't really care, but like, it doesn't anger me. I'm just kind of like, definitely. oh, this doesn't really relate to me. I'm going to like chill out. I'm watching her stories for a little bit. But like, I don't give it any more of my energy because I just don't care. <laughs> Which I appreciate that. And I actually think that's helpful for people to hear. Earlier in the episode, I wrote this down because I was thinking about it. You said, I attract really good people in my life. And it would be nice to believe that that is chance. However, from knowing you just a little bit, I would say you don't tolerate less than maybe what you deserve or like what you give to others. I love that. Is that a question? No, I'm I'm just kind of (laughs) stating it. Like, I just think it's like I attract really good people. No, but you don't you don't put up with like fake shit and people who are not genuine or like are not adding value to your life. Right. I think it's a little bit of a mixture of both. Like I think that my friends in high school and college, like I think I, I mean, I got really lucky that they were just like in my presence and I'm still so close with all of them. But yeah, like coming to LA, you definitely have to make those decisions where you meet some people and you're like, okay, like you're not for me. I'm not like a big, like I don't believe in like a friendship breakup. Like I think that's just very dramatic for me unless maybe in something big happened. Can we, wait, can we please talk about this? Of course. Blocking friends on social media. Are we in middle school? It's crazy. Have a conversation. I mean, I had teammates that would block teammates on the team. Like I took a mental health leave and girls freaking unfollowed me. Oh my God. I was like, I'm an adult. Like I would literally never block someone or unfollow them. Like unless they actually did something malicious. Right. And in that case, I would talk to them about it. But totally, people are just nuts. But I'm a big fan of the mute. You know, I like to mute people because I think unfollowing, like, unfortunately does make a little bit of a statement. But yeah, like I, you know, I've had friends and like, I realize, you know, you meet someone, you meet, I meet so many people in LA and you're like, oh my God, let's get coffee and whatever. And then you're kind of like, okay, this person isn't really for me. I'm not going to be like, hey, I just want to let you know that I'm not really a big fan of you. And but like, no, you don't need to do that. You can make up excuses. Like maybe this isn't the best advice, but that's what I do. And I think it's just it takes too much energy to like break up with people and friends. Like, I think it's very good to just like know who you are and who you enjoy spending time with and put your energy there. Right. I completely agree. And I also think, and I'd love to know if you've had instances like this, not a fan of breaking up with friends. I am a fan of if something does go wrong to have that hard conversation. For sure. And I think a really true friendship just comes from being able to have those tough conversations. It's not always happy and things aren't always great. I was just talking to my girl, Brittany Lancaster, who I know a lot of you guys probably follow, anyone listening. And Brittany and I were just talking about how if you have a disagreement with a friend or they do something that hurts you, it's okay to just sit down and be like, hey, I just want to talk to you because what you did last night at the bar, what you said last week, that hurt my feelings. And I I don't know, it caught me off guard and I just want to let you know because I love you. And like, then you talk through, I've had friends approach me and be like, I don't think you're taking enough interest in my life. Or like when you couldn't name the friend that I told you about five times, it just, it didn't make me feel good. And then I'm like, oh shit, I'm so sorry. And I'm like going out of my way to meet them where that they need me to be, you know? So I'm a big fan of that. Have you had those talks with friends and how have they gone? Yeah, all the time. And it's funny because like when you're saying this, it's like, didn't we learn this when we were five years old? (laughs) 
Like, didn't we? Like, hi, you took my toy. And that didn't make me feel good. Like, why yeah. are we having to Remember, relearn Remember, send this? an eye message. I feel like, wasn't that, that was the thing I learned in school. No, we have very, we're like a different generation too. I always feel like we're the same age, but we're not. I think about that all the time. I'm like, Chris, I think someone's a young chick. And she's like, so over no, me. No, I think I'm a young chick. <laughs> yeah, but like, no, I do it all the time. Again, I'm like, so, I'm so honest. And I immediately just like, I don't let things build up. And I just like, say them as they come. And it's worked out real great for me. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about mental health, obviously I love talking about it on my pages. Mm-hmm. How was your mental health as a content creator from talking so far today? You seem like you're in a really great place. I am. What do you have to do to keep yourself there? Lexapro. <laughs> <laughs> Live, love, Lexapro, baby. Um, I do take Lexapro. I have actually been on antidepressants since I was 16. I had really, really bad anxiety attacks and panic disorder. I forget the the actual diagnosis. But um, yeah, growing up in high school, I actually had my very first panic attack the day before I got my period for the very first time. So like your body knew. I got some crazy hormones going on. Yeah. So I, I have had really bad just like panic attacks and I used to not be able to like drive down the street. It was really bad. It was like mostly when I was driving a car and also when I was like flying, anytime I felt like I was kind of stuck somewhere. So I tried everything to like not be on medication because medication's bad, right? It's bad to take a pill every day is what I thought was the truth. So, you know, I tried, I got acupuncture, which all of these things, by the way, are amazing. And if you are thinking about going on I mean, medication, I'm not a doctor, but I think that, you know, try out your options first. Don't just like jump to whatever the, you know, the easiest thing is. I got acupuncture. I would do, you know, breathing techniques and all of that. And it's great. It's a great supplement for me now. But I remember I went to like the emergency room like three times in like two weeks or something like that because I thought I was literally having a heart attack when I was completely fine. And the nurse like knew me after like a couple of times and she looked at me and she was like, how much longer are you going to keep doing this? And I was like, and she's like, you need to, you need to like get on medication. And I was like, okay. (laughs) She's like, you need to address this. Yeah. She's like, this isn't fun for you. And I was like, you're right. And you know, my parents are, were very supportive and all of that. Thank God. So I got on, I'm on like a super, I'm on Lexapro now. I got on a super low dose of Prozac to start and it changed my entire life. So I'm like such an advocate for people who, you know, feel like there's a stigma around medication because it genuinely changed my life and my panic attacks, they didn't completely stop. Like I'm not like some type of zombie. I still get anxiety, but I stopped. I was able to drive a car and I stopped having panic attacks when I was stuck at a red light and things like that. So it genuinely, you know, my life is so much, so much better. It's insane. It's so refreshing the way that you talk about being on meds. It definitely is stigmatized. I used to be on Lexapro too. And it is weird because the act of like taking the pill every day, I don't know, part of me felt like, oh, I need this to show up in the world. And it's like, you almost want to just be yourself. Right. And this idea that like you're medicating or you're taking something to allow you to be, it's hard to work through at first. Totally agree. So I think it's great to have someone just completely owning it. And like, I didn't know that about you and really advocate for the fact that it is 
something that's helping you heal or like maintain. Like if I tore my ACL, I wouldn't be denying the stitches and the surgery from the doctor and be like, no, I've got to be myself today and like show up with this horribly broken knee. Yeah. Right. Like you're going to allow that help. And I think for mental health and invisible injuries, it's the same thing. Like medicine is allowing your brain chemistry to be better aligned to then allow you to do what you need to do. Yeah. I do think, I think the stigma comes a lot because it is like doctors will just like over prescribe, which is definitely an issue. But overall, like, yeah, if you feel like you need some help and you should get some help. (laughs) So as we look to the future and you think about what's coming up for you and Mm -hmm. you even mentioned this anxiety, I mean, how do you plan what you want to do in your career? You just bought the house. Like that had to be thinking many few years down the road. What's your approach to that? Because you do seem like you have it all together and you're not really stressing about how these things align because of that, like belief in the universe you've mentioned. Right. So I'm curious if there's any certain things that I could learn or anyone listening could learn who might just constantly stress about the future and how things are going to work out. Okay. So yeah, I don't really think too far ahead because I think that it's like really hard to like plan your life, especially like five years out. Like I have no clue what I'm going to be doing in five years. A quote that I really like, it's from Matthew McConaughey from Green Lights. I love that book. I don't know if you've read it or listened to it. I'm going to probably butcher it, but it's something along the lines of like, life isn't about the choices that you make. It's about making the choices and sticking with them a hundred percent. So, Ooh, I love that. So I think that's something that I've always done in life. And when I read that quote, I was like, yes, it's, it's like when I did buy my house, like it's like a very stressful process. And I'm like, do I want to be in LA for, you know, five years or whatever it may be? But it's like, I found the house. I loved it. It felt good. And I made the choice and I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to be like, you know what? I shouldn't have done this. I should have done. And I feel like people spend so much time debating their choices that they forget to like be happy and like live in the moment. Cause there's always going to be a better choice. You're never going to make the best choice. Like, throughout your whole life. So why not just do what makes you feel good and stick with it and don't look back? I feel like that's kind of just the easiest way to live your life and be happy. Definitely. And not to be another girl who's like, oh my God. And another quote, like I'm a quote person. Michael Gervais on this podcast said, there are no big moments in life. There is only this moment. And that one's always hit me because like we're looking forward to this big moment, this big moment. And you're in a moment right now. Like that's yeah. the only moment that exists in your life. Totally. And I feel like it's similar to that. Like it's not about the choices you're going to make in the future. It's about what you're doing now. And if you're 100% invested in that. Totally. It's hard to get present. I agree. And I think a lot of people stress way too much about the future, which is what I was stressed about when I was, you know, in my relationship and getting engaged. I was so stressed about what my life was going to look like when I, when I was 30. And if I would have known what it was going to look like if I I would have, you know, wouldn't have thought twice about what I was doing, the decision that I was making. So when you know something, you need to do something, you got, you got to just trust your intuition. I know it's so easy for me to say because I am in a very privileged situation, but I think, I think it's really smart to just tune in and listen to yourself. And I think it just goes, you know, with food and everything too. Like so many girls are like, should I stop eating dairy? Because an influencer I follow stopped eating dairy and, you know, her acne is gone. And it's like, okay, well, try to not eat dairy. And if your acne goes away, then great. But if it doesn't, then go eat a cheese pork. 
Right. You know, so many people have such a hard time tuning in and listening to themselves. I'm getting a little off track. No, but I hear you on trusting your gut. I think at the end of the day, like, you know, and not not you being like, oh, I trusted my gut to call off my engagement. Meanwhile, like my gut throughout planning my wedding has told me not to pick this dress and not to do. Right. Honestly, though, I like went home at night like this just doesn't feel right in my gut. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when something doesn't feel right. And then lastly, before we wrap this up, I got to ask about your confidence because you definitely radiate this like assurance in life. And a lot of people think confidence isn't like confidence in appearance or looks, but I feel like your confidence is way more like well-rounded in the sense that it's everything. It's your career. It's your love life. It's your friends. It's your family. And yeah, it is appearance. So where does that come from? And have you always been really confident with who you are? So if you are struggling with confidence at an older age, I think setting small goals and maybe like trying to get good at something can really help. And it's also helpful to know like some of the most beautiful girls that I know in Los Angeles are some of the most insecure. And I think that, that is not the first time that has been brought to light on this podcast. Right. And it blows my mind every time. Yeah. Victoria's Secret models, Sports Illustrated models, cover of Vogue. So insecure. Yes. And it's so sad that that is like an issue for them when they're like insanely beautiful. But I think also, whenever I think about confidence, I always think about my boy, Pete Davidson, who just has this amazing energy and every girl is obsessed with him. And it is not because of his look. Hey, I mean, I think he's hot. Yeah. Do you want to know why you think he's hot? Because he's like, so confident and he's so... He's got a great smile. I mean, yes, I hear you though. Okay. He's got like a swag to him for sure. He has swag. He's hilarious. And it's like, again, it's that double standard. Like, why can't I have that swag? Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, when you have that confidence and you walk into a room and you're so sure of yourself and like, you're so, you know. It's attractive to people. Yeah. Confidence itself is attractive and not cockiness, but confidence. Right. And if you just act confident, no one knows the difference if you're acting like you're confident or if you're actually confident. So the more you just act like it, eventually you'll start to believe yourself. Also, Pete Davidson's nail polish really has been turning me on. Like that's a turn on for me. And then Everything with nail polish. he does turns me on. <laughs> I'm obsessed I think with we him. talked about how that would be like on a hall pass list for sure. I mean, I don't got a hall pass list. Yeah, baby. that's true. <laughs> you can just slide in the DMs today. Anyways, I hope you do do that. Carissa, thank you so much for coming on Real Pod and sharing all that with us. I'm still thinking about these single men in their 30s. Damn it. <laughs> Hate them. <laughs> Gonna date them all. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Real Pod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of Real Pod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week, seeing behind-the-scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.